Join us today as we explore, empower, and transform. Are you ready to power up? Let's dive in. With our first guest, Hezron Gomez is joining us today. I love the and subject matter of what you were talking about, and I love the authenticity of how you wrote it out to me. And that's why I reached out to you and said, hey, let's have this conversation. So Hezron, please share a little bit about yourself and your story and how you got here and like what it is that you want to share with us today. Yeah, thanks, Michael. I appreciate you uh, inviting me also. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a part-time life coach as well. I, I help uh, others that are going through hardships in, in, um, in their marriage uh, just because I, I had a hardship in mind, you know, and yeah. um, things really started changing for me when I started owning and taking responsibility for, for everything that I did do and did not do um, that contributed to, to my marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the tipping point for me or, or, or my hitting rock bottom was when out of nowhere, it, it felt like out of nowhere because obviously the, something took me there. It was me, right. A bunch of mm -hmm. bad choices or, or wrong choices, or, you know, could have done better. Um, but, uh, I, uh, a little bit over two years ago, um, my wife found that I was unfaithful to her, you know, Got and it. that was, that was rock bottom for me. Um, that she found out, what was that? that? She found out? What was the rock bottom when she found out or that you realized that you're doing it? So that when she found out it, it made me aware of where I was. Got it. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, obviously like, the the guilt you know th these are values that i didn't necessarily have for myself so something felt uncomfortable but not not to the point where i i didn't say no right but um but when she found out and and i saw that my family was jeopardized then it kind of made me it was a slap in the face it was a cold water to my face that woke me up and was like hey you're here like look what you have done and where do you want to go? Like that was that was where I encountered myself with with mm -hmm. that situation. Yeah. yeah. And what 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 was the what? How did that evolve you to here? Like, are you still with your wife? Like, do you guys work? That? Okay, yeah, so that's a hella story to tell right there. Is like so <laughs> how you like manned up and like popped out of this because you know this is this is not abnormal right like there's yes. millions of guys in all types of relationships that have all types of issues with this you know like i'm a guy yeah. i know i know the animal right it's like sort of that instinctual thing that we all have yeah you know for me like i didn't know to go out with anybody until they like were attracted to me first and as soon as that was you know back in the day that was like that's how it worked so yeah. there's this thing like when we get attention or somebody notices or notice notices us it's like there's a thing inside of us that says you have to go do that thing right like it's a, like a puppy without a leash <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. i totally get it i know a lot of guys are going to get what you're talking about but what you're also talking about is like owning that behavior and evolving out of that um which i would love for you to share that part like how you guys navigated that yeah so thank you and and um Part of it is realizing and, and, and really knowing 
that that's not what I wanted for my life, right? Because at that point, also, Michael, like, I could have chosen, and my wife at that time also gave me the free choice. She said, okay, well, if this is really the life you want, then I'm going to let you free so that you could go and, and, and do what you want to do, right? So mm-hmm. um, it, it was, one, me realizing that that's really not the path that I wanted to take, right? So if we have other men that, you know, that that is what they want to do, then, you know, that's that's a choice too, right? But I noticed that that's not the, not, that's not the life that I wanted. Um, those were not the values that I wanted to live by, Um it wasn't me being true to my to my true self, right? Um, so, first things first was owning everything that I that that had that I had all the wrong choices that I had made up to, to that point that took me to that to that one point, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and one of them is one of the things is sharing that with your wife, being a hundred percent transparent. Right. So I think a lot of relationships nowadays um, want to hold everyone wants to hold on to their own without the, 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 the sacrifice giving up a little bit. Right. So so that we can share in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's it's scary, especially when you're when you're used to not being that way, um, you know, just to preface that a little bit. Um, so I, I come from like a very conservative Christian background and you, you don't necessarily speak about the stuff that is ugly, right? Uh, or is considered ugly, right? Considered so, ugly. Yes, yeah. yes. Like the and, shame and, that's attached to that. And those types of people do that sort of, yeah, all those messages, 100% yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thing is that they, they hold us back from being able to either... E- get help sometimes as well right because mm-hmm. uh looking back in my journey this is one of the reasons why i became a life coach to help other people other men in the same situation is because at that point i, I was looking around even at like my, my my close community and i couldn't reach out why because you you didn't talk about that kind of stuff you know and yeah. i i felt almost abandoned you know um so but going back to me and my wife um, that was one of the things that needed to happen was I needed to own everything, every decision that led me to, to, to the one that affected her the most, which was me, you know, me being an, um, unfaithful, um, and being open and transparent to her about all of it. Right. Uh, second thing, uh, right around that time, Michael, I, I had gone through, a. One of uh, Tim Ferriss's books, I think it was called Tool- Tools of Titans, I think it was. Yeah. And it, it's it's an awesome book. And mm-hmm. um, so w- what he does is he interviews like, you know, top-notch people in all sorts of industries and and just people he wants really had some advice from because he's wanting to to see what he could do after 40. Because uh, mm-hmm. he hit 40 and didn't know what to do. Um, and so the response from half of the people... To the it was a question is like what's one thing that you're doing nowadays that um that's most affected your life in a positive way or something I think that was the question yeah. and half of the people answered in the book in the entire book answered that they were doing therapy and half of those people so about twenty five percent of the book said that they started doing therapy not because they needed it just just for the hell of it. And it was like the best thing that changed your life, right? 
So obviously I had some issues that, that I needed to resolve within myself. So this is, wasn't just for the hell of it, but I, I was really like, okay, this is my time to go seek for some help. Right. So immediately I went to, uh, to, to, to look for that, for that help. Um, and, and another thing that I told my wife was, uh, there was another story that I had listened to somewhere where I, I think it was like in the North, uh, the Northeast somewhere, there was a building that, uh, that fell and it, it, you know, it, it came down and when, when they did um, some investigations, it was that, um, there was some water issues underneath the foundation, mm -hmm. right? So they came back and they fixed it and they, well, they thought they had fixed it. They, they, they erected the building back up and this, this was a bigger building than before. And, um, I think it was something like 15, 20 years later, the whole thing comes back down again. And what they missed was that I think it was like 15 to 20 feet, 30 feet below deeper. They had to go, they had to dig deeper. They would have found the pocket hole just empty pocket hole. And that was the problem. You know, they were building on an empty pocket hole. And I told, I told Carla, I don't want to rebuild our relationship, our trust without having a solid foundation. And that starts with my own solid foundation. So in other words, me and you can't function if I know that I'm not at my best, you know? And it was re me realizing that I was not at my best that I did want to give my best and, and, and actually going for that help. You know, uh, I think part of, uh, being a, a man and a male is one of those egos that you just want to do everything on your own. You want to fix everything on your own, but there's just certain things that, that cannot happen on our own, you know? Yeah. It takes a community. Yeah. And it's like talking to each other. Yeah. You know, like you said, you said it, you know, like you were isolated. You didn't, you didn't have an outlet to talk about the things that were, you were actually experiencing, right? Yeah. A, a lot of guys and, and human beings in general get like that. And that, that feeling of isolation, did you have anybody that you were, you, that you were talking about, about, you know, whatever was underneath what was going on for you, you know, cause usually was there anything else that you experienced besides just the, how did the, the cheating thing just, that doesn't just happen. So like, was that a practice or like where, what was the, <laughs> the deal there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a, a little bit of background there. Um, I, I, I started getting exposed to, to pornography around the age of 12, you know, and, uh, this seems to be a lot more common now than it was maybe 30, 40 years ago, you know, and it's just, getting easier and easier with our devices, right? And everything at the palm of your hand. Um, Literally. But th this for me, like, you know, for me, it became an, an addiction eventually, mm -hmm. you know, to where um, it was an immediate fix, Michael, to stressful situations, even boredom, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I, I'm, I tend to be a little bit more on the passive side of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, just to give you an example, like there were, there was a time where, you know, at, at parties or whatever gatherings, um, w other women would ask my wife, Oh, like, you know, it does Hezron get upset or how many times, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she was, she would say something like, Oh man, it's like maybe even like a handful of times that I've ever seen them upset or mad or whatever. And, and that were like, 
that would feed my ego. Like, oh yeah, he's the he's the guy that could take it all. He's the patient guy, right? Like, I want to be the patient guy, but I, I I was being hurt. I was getting upset. It was just I didn't know how to verbalize it. I didn't know how to communicate that to my wife in a respectful way. Um, and so what did I do? I just I grabbed my phone, right? That was my outlet, and it was an immediate. Yeah. It was an immediate fix for me. Let's you know? talk about the let's talk about the feelings, right? So, like, this is so important, and a, a lot of people, you know, we've heard this conversation. This is not a new thing, but what might be new is talking about like the feeling part that was underneath that. So, you you talked about it, but I want to kind of like dive in here. This is really yeah. this is really important. Um, so, you were feeling a certain way. You said bored. What was some other things? Um, so boredom was, you know, not, that wasn't created necessarily by my relationship, but what did come from the relationship that would make me go to it was, uh, stress, um, when I would get mad. Right. And I just didn't have the way to explain how she was making me feel. When you got mad, how did you feel? I how felt... did you feel inside your body when you got mad I mean, and couldn't tense. express it and couldn't express it? Yeah, tense, you know, I felt tense, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and um, yeah, it, and I just didn't have an, a, a, a healthy outlet for it, you know? Communication, yeah. positive communication is a healthy outlet, you know? But I, I went for the for the immediate fix, right? And and that immediate fix could look different for your, for your listeners, right? It just depends on, on what Whatever. that immediate fix for us, right? But th that was my medium, you know, and and the 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 reason why that hindered uh, for me is that th that the 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 constant images that I was seeing became um, something easier to make to to make into real life, if that makes sense. Yeah, because your visual, you know, what you what you visualize, you materialize. Yeah, so you, yeah, you yeah. Materializing so these feelings yeah. that, you know, in real life would probably be not that the porn and it's not real life, but like the physical mirror of that outside with having physical um, interactions with human beings versus on a, on a screen. So it's like you, it's outside. Did that give you the same sort of feeling? Like, did you have that same sort of feeling before the porn and that it got alleviated was that the same sort of pattern with the people that you met or the person that you met? Yes, to to a certain degree, right? Because there was no there was no real intimacy, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I could how could I put it? It was it, just physical. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fantasy, right? It was it was yeah. all fantasy, right? Like, um, it was you you don't have to get upset because if you mean if you get upset, I just you know I never talk to you again and that's done, right? Um, mm -hmm. unlike at home is it's like, I get upset and I have to see you again tomorrow and the day after. And I, oh, I want to, it's just, I don't know how to, how to communicate yet, you know? And that was yeah. really the problem that, that, that just led me, um, in, instead of seeking a healthy communication with my wife, I, I started separating myself from her and right. in creating this fantasy behind the images that resulted, like you said, probably, um, you know, it just manifested itself into reality where mm -hmm. it was just another fantasy, you know, because that was never really going to go anywhere. Right. But um, 
but it was convenient. Um, and it might have been convenient for, for both of us, but the, the point is that it was convenient for me, you know, and I took it for what it was. And then one day. And then one day Mama she finds out, right? Yeah. And then one day she finds out. Yeah. God bless Herbert. Well, I get, I get a sense of your wife already. And I've never met her, but like, <laughs> it takes something to like, she's still there. So there's a love and there's a connection and there's an understanding that who you, that behavior really wasn't your authentic self. Right. Yeah. So like you go. That was yeah. one thing that I, I really appreciate. And obviously I, I love that about my wife is that because she's a, Maybe, maybe because she's a woman, women tend to be a little bit more intuitive than, than, than us men, or, or at least listen to their intuition a lot more than we do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she knew that that wasn't to her real husband, you know, the one that she married and she knew that I was in there. It was just, there was a lot of crap on top, you know? Yeah. And so we, we had to work through the crap together. How did you do that process? Did you have a structure? Like what was your, what was your journey of the day she found out to where you guys are at now? Like, what does that look like? How did, how do you keep that in your life? That level of communication and not revert back to, you know, those e egoic pulls that we all have as human beings to do the things that, you know, at our core level, it just wants us to be lazy and comfortable and, you know, like scoot through life yeah. but you know if you ever want to evolve or expand which a lot of us have the feeling and pull to do now especially after the for me it was the pandemic like you have we all moving into this grander version of ourselves yeah. and the purpose and that's why we're having this conversation right now is because you're shifted into this purpose and you're now wanting to share what you've got you like the problem that you had you yeah. now have a solution yeah. You're living it and you yeah. want to share that solution with other folks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Well, and, and share a little so, bit about that, like how that how that arose. So we gotta realize that there's a lot of energy going on within us, right? And so these emotions that you're you were asking about, right? Like me feeling upset, um, the disappointment from something that she didn't get, um, you know, the, the sad, the sadness that might have come from some conversations too. all of that, it's energy that needed to go somewhere. Right. So a healthy conversation is one way of getting that out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I got, I got two probably things that, you know, key takeaway, maybe for your listeners that, that could come from this is one. Um, so hand in hand with, with, you know, the, this unfaithfulness, um, and, and the, the 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 physical part of a, the being unfaithful was just was just part of it right there was there was another part is just me like really seeking other people's attention um in social media and, and this kind of stuff right so that's you know it's it wasn't physical but it was still me looking for attention that i wasn't getting at home right but all this energy needed to go somewhere and i was just letting it out in a very kind of unhealthy way right for 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 myself and so I, I gained close to like 30 pounds. I was 30 pounds overweight. So like on, you know, to the books, I was obese. Right. And so I knew that part of this energy needed to come out in a healthy way. So one of the first things that I did was join a CrossFit gym because it was for me, it was going to be a challenge on so many levels. One, it was going to get me active 
right? Two, the only time that I could do it at, at that at, at that time in my life was at five in the morning. Something that because of my laziness that all these bad habits that just had accumulated one after another, mm -hmm. like getting up early wasn't one of my things. Mm -hmm. And and then the other was again, I needed to battle my ego. And what happens in a CrossFit gym is you have uh well as a dude, right? As a guy, I have shorter classmates that are women that are lifting, you know, 20, 30, 50 pounds more than I am, right? They're faster, they're stronger, and I, I need to I need to get outside of myself and just remind myself, hey, don't compare yourself to her or to anybody else in this gym. You compare yourself to yesterday yes. and see how you're doing from yesterday. Oh, right? that's really that's really brilliant. Yeah, but but yeah. it was hard. It was hard, you know, and I noticed that like obviously like the one of the biggest problems was my ego, right? So I needed to get my ego um under submission, right? I I needed to understand that. So that was that was one of the things and and up, up to this day like physical activity, resistance training, all of that is part of my daily life now because there's so many benefits um, for mind, soul, and body like that come from, from activity, right? Yeah. And so number two, prayer and meditation. So for me, those are two separate things. For some of your listeners, it might be the same thing. Um, but I, 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 I had missed that, you know, like I, I, I shared with you a little earlier, you know, I came from a Christian background, but like the, the, the prayer was gone. It was non-existent in my life, you know? And yeah. to other people in my community, you know, I looked like the guy that prayed every single day or I sounded like one or I looked like one, but I wasn't like in my home, in my intimate life, it was non-existent. So I knew that I needed to bring that back. And then meditation, um, or, or I like to call it awareness exercises because, you know, some people tripped out on, you know, getting, getting somewhere in meditation and to me, that somewhere is just really being aware of, like, one thing me and you were talking about, you know, before we started the podcast was the, the, the different voices that we hear in our heads, right? Yes, yes. So, so meditation, that the practice itself, it allows yeah. us to quiet everything down. It, it allows us to tune everything out to the point where all you hear is your true voice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's so, it's so important for people to hear their true voice, not the one that wants immediate fix, not the one that's fantasizing about what's going to happen tomorrow, but your true voice right now. Right. Yeah. And because of how fast paced our life is, a, a lot of us are missing that, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. and so I, I needed, I needed to understand when my ego was talking and when when i was talking okay how did you do that because that's the crux to life right so for people listening when we're talking about ego we're talking about that pull or voice or thought you know like it's really the thought is what it is and then we react to the thought like it is real and we go do it like it's just like there's not really a bad intention it's not like you see a thought and you go oh that's a bad thought let me go do that bad thing we yeah. don't look like that. We're yeah. like, oh, that thing, that would bring me comfort and joy in this moment. And um, yeah, like, 
it always is the voice that wants you to sit down and pat your head and just stay over here, stay comfortable at all costs, don't feel anything, because that, you know, it's that voice, that thing that pulls it. Don't get up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Don't do, do CrossFit. Don't meditation. Oh my God, you want to sit still? You don't want to hear me? Like it's an entity that's yeah. in us. Yeah. So like what you're talking about is evolving out of that and listening to, because we do have a higher voice yeah. that is accessible through practice of meditation. It's one of the best and most effective ways that I've ever known to do it. I do it as well. Yeah. Um, it's not the same thing all the time, but I do it every single morning without fail. Yeah. Um, I think morning practices are probably one of the most powerful things people, human beings can do on planet earth period. Yeah. But um, just brings you for your day. Get you out of that, that space, because that's when you start producing another level of your life. Like that's when that part can like send its juice out to the universe and bring you back those experience that mirror your, what you're giving your focus to. So it's like that old adage is the, are you walking the dog or is the dog walking you? So if <laughs> yeah. your ego is when you're, you're getting walked by the dog and you, and it's when you're walking the dog, it's always uncomfortable. Yeah. But that's the clue that you're on that right path, not right path, but on the path to, I don't want to give right or wrong, but there's like, See how ingrained it is to us to think like that's the ego, right or wrong. Yeah, yeah it just is. It's a choice. And when yeah. we get past that, that's when it's so much easier for me to choose. And I bet it was for you too, to choose the thing that's like going to take you forward instead of sitting you on the couch and being all comfortable all the time. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so yeah yeah i mean so so it was it's like you know when you when you were speaking that one the one thing that was coming to my mind was like letting go of what's not serving us right for, for where we're trying to be and and the 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 ego like you said is wants an immediate fix um it, it, it likes pleasure it likes comfort and it, it's not bad because it's really trying to look out for us, right? Like it's trying to look out so that we're not stressed, so that we, you know, we're, we're not in fear. Like it's just really trying to keep us super comfortable, right? Um, and, but I realized that comfort was killing my marriage and it was destroying my life, you know? So at this, at this time, like I, I went for everything that made me uncomfortable. You know, and uh, and then and then what you do is what you, what you do is what you you learn in that process. You learn what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you, you know, and you could let go of some stuff that even might, you know, everybody in Instagram is preaching about, you know, it's it's working for for your best life, but it might not be working for you. So you just let it go. Right. But for me, um, meditation was one of those things where I could quiet everything down. So I could I could distinguish now the voices, right? And at the same time, I could focus, like you said, that this is a big key, focus on what I did want, right? So I started visualizing how how in a more empowered, more mature, stronger, more brave Hezron can look like in my marriage, right? And what did you so, see? Like what did you see when you were visualizing? 
Yeah. So one, you're one thing, visualizing something that's not there right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you're seeing it on top of whatever you're perceiving. Yeah. So this is another like rubber meets the road moment. Yeah. So whenever yeah. you're, whenever, what were you visualizing? So, for example, a conversation, because conversations are, are a big deal for me. Uh, you know, I keep bringing conversations up, right? Because in the past, when my feelings would get hurt or I'd get upset or whatever from these conversations, I would stay quiet, right? So one of those things that I was able to see before it happened was me having an, a, a respectful response to my wife as to how she was making me feel with whatever she was telling me. Right. So this was not me blaming her, right. That she's mean or that she was, you know, she was trying to hurt my feelings because I, she's my wife. She, I know she loves me. She's not trying to hurt my feelings. That's the other thing that we got to remember is that we're on the same team, team. Right. When, when we tend to forget that all of a sudden we feel like we're in opposite teams. So one, keep that in mind. We're, we're on the same team. And then two, um, since she's not trying to hurt my feelings, I got to let her know how I'm feeling regardless of whether that were, was her intention or not, right? And there was there was a couple of times, Michael, where, uh, you know, now that I'm able to do this, where she caught herself and she was like, wow, I'm upset at you too. And I was trying to hurt your feelings and I'm sorry. Dude, I had never heard that from her, like saying sorry for trying to hurt my feelings. But seeing that come from her just made me respect her and love her that much more because she was owning her stuff too. You know, so it just really opened up a really healthy communication. But since this, that didn't exist in my life before, it first started happening during these quiet times where everything was out of my mind and I could totally focus on who I wanted to become. Right. And that's helped um, who I've become as as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, um, every area of my life. So like meditation is is a super powerful tool for for anybody that really wants to become more than where where they're at right now you know how do you guys maintain where you're at now so everything is still flowing still communicating like yeah. you know if i'm doing a couple coaching thing i'm always like you guys got to plan a date night every single week just to go hey is there anything this week that happened that's like Hey, you looked at me funny on Tuesday. Did you like, or was there like, you've got to like create that space to cause the disruption because it just like life just sort of happens. You know, it's like you take the kids here and you got church here and like, you've got these events and it just becomes like a role. If you don't like interrupt that on purpose to create that time, do you guys do that? Do you create time? Just like, it's just you to share and we we do and and, and it's a uh, it, it's like sacred time for us like we, we we need we need to have it because um it, it's super important one of the things that led me i guess to you know to want to hide with the, all the problems that i had before was actually one thing you mentioned when the kids came into into play right we have three kids um all of a sudden it's not just me and her all of a sudden she's just not mine and when you don't, when you don't take the time to really think about the different stages of life and plan those out too, yeah. then, then life just happens, right? And you don't know you're not dealing with it. You're letting you're you're being walked by the dog. Dog, yeah. Right? So wow, I never thought about that that way. I've had a lot of people that 
like when you found out you were having children, you know, you got the nine months, but I'm sure that most people don't sit around and just talk about it. It's like, okay, we're going to have a kid here. We got to negotiate how we're going to like stay you know, a couple and have all of this stuff. Most people don't do that. They go straight into like all the focus is on that baby, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're out of the picture when without them being a cohesive unit, you know, like the writing's on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, writing's on the wall. It, and and that's a that's the thing that's part of like not not asking for help, right? Or and mm -hmm. and I don't want to, you know, there's nobody to blame, right? But our, no. our, like our our parents, you know, they were doing now the that best I become parents, like, our parents were doing the best job they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they passed along some. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, like you know, like one of the things is like how much, like uh, now I'm dealing with my kids, right? And and one yeah. of the questions that come to my mind is like, how much advice do I give them, and how much do I let them learn on their own, right? And that's not an easy answer to to, I mean, that's not an qu easy question to answer. So, but where I'm at right now, it's like, I I give all the advice that I can, and hopefully they pick up on whatever's going to serve them, because the lack of advice creates problems too, you know, and one of those things is like, okay, um, I'm at this new stage. And um, so the kids were part of it too, where I felt like they were robbing me of my wife. Right. Yeah. And, and she's an awesome mom, something that I really wanted in the wife as well. Like giving, I knew yeah, eventually I wanted a family. So I wanted a woman that was going to be an awesome mom. She's an awesome mom, but here now I'm getting upset because she is an awesome mom, you know? And and so those those things just needed we we talk, we now we talked it out and that was part of the transparency process is like hey I I was becoming jealous of my own kids oh why well because all your attention was on them and then we get to the bed and now we're too tired because it's the end of the day so it really it really allowed us to to make us priority for ourselves for one another as well. You know, yeah. and it's not that the kids become second priority or, or they might, but but they're still priority. You know, the thing is that everything has its time and its space. So so now we, we we're more conscious of how we arrange that instead of being walked by the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And energetically, like they're, that's what your kids are getting. They're not getting what's coming out of your mouth. They're getting what's coming out of your heart. So yeah. your heart like you're you're on point. So. Anybody can feel that when they just authentically talk to you. And so like your kids are going to be good. <laughs> and I, then somehow they come pre hardwired now for a lot <laughs> of different stuff. So I've just sort yeah. of noted that, but yeah. I'm sure that that's like, you know, just the example of you communicating with your, with your wife, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and we the... didn't, I didn't grow up with that. My parents never really, I never saw them communicating. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, so so they 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 get to see us now, where, um, you know, th this was this is now a little bit over two years now, um, because of where we're at now in in our relationship, you know, they they see me and they they see me come behind her and hug her and give her a kiss on the cheek or in the neck or something, and and they look at us and and I tell them what she's my wife, she's your mama, you know, like kind of kind of teaching them like hey this is how a healthy relationship looks right like if i wasn't even getting close to your mom that's a problem you know but um so going back to one of the i think one of the questions that you were trying to ask me and and i totally skipped it was um really 
trying to bring the best Hezron every single day was was part of this process. If if I, I, I mean I just this is this was just kind of my, my thought process just because of how I'm wired. I'm always thinking of like you know behavior and, and thought process and all this. It, and I put myself in her shoes for a sec and I said if she sees any of the old Hezron, the Hezron where you know where I call it the zombie Hezron. Um, if she sees any of the zombie Hezron, she's gonna get triggered and she's gonna be like, oh man, something is wrong, right? So mm -hmm. she needs to see the best version of Hezron every single day to understand that this is a different Hezron. Um, like the version that she was expecting the, to see all along. And um, so that's part of it. And then and then two, be understanding because sometimes I, I could do everything that's in my hands to try to avoid triggers, but there's stuff that just happens, right? So in, in that in that confession transparency process, you know, she found out about dates and whatnot and this stuff, you know, so there are certain dates around the year where are a little harder for her, you know? So I, I can't get upset about her, you know, taking a trip back to down memory lane because yeah. it's, it's supernatural, right? Yeah. So it's just... Again, it's having that healthy conversation of being like, hey, baby, I'm, I'm really sorry that because of my decisions, this day is not one of the best days of the year. Um, do you want to talk about it? You know, and then I, I, I've left it up to her. Sometimes she does. Sometimes she doesn't. You know, um, it's just it's part of that process that happens after an infidelity. You know, yeah. um, it, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but sometimes she'll start asking questions as to why this, what happened there, you know, and, uh, and I already told her like a million times, but I got to understand, right? It She's human. There's like, what we don't understand sometimes, Michael, is that we are a lot more fragile and sensitive than we believe we are. And at the same time, we're so much more powerful than what we actually believe we are. So, you know, one of the things that happens is um trauma hits us not just on a mental spiritual level but also hits us on on a physical level so there's i can't control all of it right so i gotta i gotta be patient understand and um and just keep working at it as as, as we've come you know I, I you think can control how you respond to it yeah but that's about it and then talk and communicate yeah. which yeah. you are so all those amazing things. So I can see totally why you would want to empower other couples to have a powerful relationship and give that back because of the benefit of what that would provide for, you know, we're not talking just, you know, a one-off here. When you start talking families, you're talking legacy and generations. So yeah. it's something that's instilled in them to give them like, they're going to land, you know, in their life at a much higher up on the staircase than we did. And that's the whole point of, you know, evolving. So, um, is there any like takeaways or like you're in Austin, right? But you work with people yeah. all over. Yeah. Or, okay. I mean, you know, you know, the virtual world has, has opened up, uh, the doors to, to be able to work with anybody. And your website is called the worst of these and share a little bit like how that, how you got that name. I thought that was interesting. So the worst of these.com. Yeah. That's uh that's my, that's my website. So I'm actually starting, uh, I'm, I'm about to kick off of my own podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, anybody that comes from a Christian background or is interested in any of that um, can can check it out. Um, but it's basically uh, in, in the New Testament, in first century, like after, you know, the church was established, there was this 
guy named Paul, he, he was an apostle, did a lot mm -hmm. of work. And so a lot of people have a really high view of him, right? Because of all the work that he did in that first century. And, but in, in this one particular verse is first uh, Timothy chapter one, verse 15. He, he compares himself to the other apostles and he says he's the worst of them, you know, like yeah. in, in a nutshell, that's my paraphrase of that, that, you know, in, in comparison to others, I might be the worst, but I'm working my butt off, you know, I'm working yeah. my butt off. But you're doing it. You're getting results. Otherwise, yep. your wife wouldn't be there. Yeah. Okay. I have to give her a big hug for me. <laughs> What's your wife's name? Uh, Carla. Carla. She should have been here. No. <laughs> we'll have to have one with her. <laughs> Get her yeah. side. <laughs> so many people are wanting to ask, you know. Uh, and uh, maybe one day, uh, I'm sure she'll be ready. You know, but like right now, I, I've talked to her about it because I, I have been asked before. And uh, she, she, she says she needs a little bit more time still. Oh, I love it. I got a ton out of our conversation today. It was uh, really enlightening. And um, thank you for sharing it with us. And yeah. in the description box of where description box of wherever this goes, I'll have all of your information in there that people can reach out and connect with you. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you. You bet. You bet. You bet. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Like for me, this is really empowering to talk about, you know, relationships that we're all, you know, most of us are in some sort of relationship and in the bigger picture, everything's a relationship. You know, we're just relating to life and how the feedback that it gives us. And I love Hezron's example of he didn't like the feedback that he was getting and he did something about it and changed it up and become who he is today. And thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys listening, hope you got tons of value out of it. Share it with all your friends. But we will see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.